word today. Can you make some noise in the building right now? Hey, can we give it up for our amazing worship team? And the, oh no, y'all. Help me thank God for people who make an atmosphere. I love y'all. And the other thing that I love is that they all different ethnicities. Like you got Hispanic, and you got white, and you got black, and you got some more Hispanic, and you got just Negro over there. And it's, I love it. Armand, I love Hey y'all, our music director just got married this past week. Hey! You look lighter. Yeah. You look blessed. That smile looked real good on you. You've been smiling all week. We're a family church, man. And even though we have a big church, we, we really do like to, to do life together. And I just want to encourage everybody before I get into the word, man, in just a couple of weeks, we have these things called belong groups coming up. And uh, some, some people already know, but if you like Transformation Church at all, you're going to love small groups. Because what it does is it takes this big experience and then it gives you a group of people who know your name, who know your attitude. <laughs> Knowing things are going good, that can celebrate your children's birthdays, that can stand with you when a family member's going through. And we don't believe that church is supposed to be done in rows. We believe it's supposed to be done in circles. Not where you're just listening and I'm talking, but where you can share as well. So when we start that thing up, man, I want everybody in this room to get into community. Because if anybody could have lived their life without community, it could have been Jesus. But he chose to surround himself with 11 other people. And one of them, well, I ain't going to do that because I don't want nobody to get on my nerves and stuff. He literally allowed Judas to be a part of his B group, and he was going to betray him. And so if you're trying to protect yourself from everything that can happen in relationship, you will keep yourself out of the promise of God that he has for you. So I'm encouraging everybody that this is a church of, everybody say community. We do life together. And in the next couple weeks, we're going to be rolling out these B groups. And I want you to find one. And some of you may even need to lead one. But this is what God is wanting our church to do as we go to the next level. Can I get one big amen? amen. Well, we are starting part eight of a series that we are calling, help me. Y'all got to say it with more than that. Part eight of a series we calling. Y'all, this one. It's all good. Because this one right here, I believe is practically going to take us from where we've been to where we need to go. Now, I need to just ask a clarifying question last week, um, for about last week. Last week, we, we started a message called Lazy Faith. And did anybody feel exposed after Lazy Faith, part one? I mean, just, okay. I preached it and I felt exposed. Naked all the way. Today we're gonna go to lazy faith part two. Ma'am, come back. She just left. <laughs> she said, "Come back, ma'am. I promise you." Um, the reason I love series and I love being a pastor is because my job is not to preach one message that makes you say, "Wow." 
and sends you home. My job is to give you a steady diet that will help your faith grow. And so, so, so the reason why we're continually in this series is because I honestly don't care about likes and views. I care about your growth. And, and, and we could do things that are a lot sexier and a lot bigger, but the greatest sign of effectiveness is fruitfulness. I'm going to say it again for somebody in the back. The greatest sign of effectiveness is what? Fruitful. My question is, have you bear, are you bearing and have you bared any fruit lately? Like you come to church every Sunday, has your attitude changed any? <laughs> I, I, I'm telling you, you, you're always quoting scriptures and always trying to be a positive person with great energy. But my question is, have you bared any? Everybody say fruit. My job and my goal is that I would plant seeds, that we would water some seeds, but the Bible tells us that only God adds the increase. What I'm praying for you is in this series that you would increase. And so today, in this next installment of this message, I want us to take it a little further and go back to that same story in Luke chapter 5, where, where the subtitle is, Jesus Heals a Paralyzed Man. And I want us to confront this thing in us that is lazy. And, and, and lazy faith and crazy faith are polar opposites. Like, like lazy faith is the part of us that is willing to get a prophetic word without doing the prophetic work. And crazy faith, I want you to look at this definition, are thoughts and actions. That means you're doing something. It's active. That lacks reason. I don't understand all of it. But what I'm doing is I'm trusting fully and what cannot explicitly be proven. And I think that's where God calls all of us on our Christian journey. If you don't walk in some level of crazy faith in an area of your life, I might say that you're not serving the same God. Because as I look at all of the stories in the Bible, it was never like, and God sent these people up to be comfortable for the rest of their life, and all they did was pray in the morning, post the Instagram scripture, and never be challenged, and happily live happily ever after. What Bible story have you read like that? None, because they don't exist. Because when you come into this life of, of, of living the Christian life, it is a faith, everybody say journey. And if you know anything about a journey, journeys have different types of paths that you go. You go up some hills sometimes, and you go down in some valleys. You might have to walk through a cave at some moments, and you might be on a smooth path. But when we are on this journey of the Christian life, we have to know that it's going to require, everybody say faith. faith. Say it like you mean it, say faith. faith. And it's not just going to require faith, it's going to require active faith. Faith that doesn't just believe that God can, but faith that will actually do something like God will. And, and so today, I want us to read through that story one more time, and then I'm going to pick up where we left off last week. And if you have not watched last week's message, stop the tape and go back and watch it. But I want you to be able to see what God wants us to do and be. It's not lazy, but active in our faith. Luke chapter 5, verse 17. It says, one day while Jesus was teaching, some Pharisees and teachers of religious law were sitting nearby. It seemed that these men showed up from every village in Galilee and Judea, as well as from Jerusalem. Everybody was there. And the Lord's healing power was strongly with Jesus. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man, a.k.a. Jerome. Romy Rome for short. This man, they were carrying him on a sleeping mat. They tried to take him inside to Jesus but they could not reach him because of the crowd. 
But we found out last week that these men didn't have lazy faith. They had crazy faith. So they went up on the roof and they took off some tires. Then they lowered the sick man on the mat down right in front of the crowd in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith. Jesus seeing their what? Not their plan. Not their credentials. Because many times we want Jesus to see, like, Lord, here's my plan. Here's all of my degrees. Here's all my experience. Jesus seeing their faith. Ah! I'm getting excited already. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the man, young man, your sins are forgiven. Now, I want us to stop and just really, like, come out of the story and look at it, like, from the paralyzed man's position for a second. This has been a great day for him so far. Great. He was chilling at the house and had nobody to talk to. His boys show up unannounced and it's like, Rome, what it do? And I don't know about you, but when your boys come over or your girls come over and there's just like this moment where it's like, man, I was sitting here all alone and now y'all done showed up and made your boy feel good. Like, ah, uh, so he got some camaraderie and some community. Everybody say community. So he got his community and then the community is going to do the heavy lifting for him. He was like, I want to take you to this show that's happening right now down at the trap house. And so they pick him up and they take him all the way. When they get there, the show is sold out. Can't get in. There's crowds and lines everywhere. And they like, don't worry, Rome. We got an idea. They go from the nosebleed, the roof, of this building, and they lower this man down to front row seats. Now, y'all think about this so spiritual, but think about your favorite concert that you couldn't get in. And then somebody gets you in and says, but we got to go to the, the nosebleeds. And you start up in the nosebleeds, and then somehow you end up front row, so close to the headliner that he can spit on you? This, is, this man's having a good day. And not only is he that close, he talks to him. And doesn't just talk to him. He forgives him of his sins. For me, this would be a great day as a paralyzed. Like, I'm good. Take me from here and take me back to the house. I've had the best day ever. But Jesus was not through with the miracle that he wanted to work in this man's life. But there is a paradox that's coming at this moment for this paralyzed man. It's that everything that had happened to him up until this point was based on somebody else's faith. He didn't have faith to get up and go. He didn't have faith to get on the roof. He didn't have faith to lower himself. He didn't have faith to get dropped in front of Jesus. This is a picture of the unmerited, undeserved, unearned favor and kindness of God. This is the grace of God. And some of y'all acting like you ain't had the grace of God worked in your life. Like it wasn't your mama's prayers and your cousin. Oh, y'all don't hear me. 
and it wasn't your ability, but it was God's favor on your life. There's three people right here, but some of y'all need to remember that if it wasn't for the grace of God, you wouldn't have the job you had. You wouldn't have the family you have. You wouldn't have the... You wouldn't have the things that you have. You wouldn't have your right mind. Is anybody thankful for the grace of God right now? Somebody's remembering. See, see what I realized about this story is that this man still probably had lazy faith, but was able to get a miracle in his life because of the faith of those he was surrounded by. And I dare say that many of you are sitting in the miracle of other people's faith. You didn't have the ability to do it, but God's favor and kindness just kept showing over you. Your business wasn't even the most qualified, but some reason you got, you got the contract and your kids been crazy and didn't even deserve the college scholarship. But somehow God made a way. That's grace. Grace will get you here, but a faith-filled decision will take you there. You don't get it. Hand me the mat, please, because I knew I was gonna have to. I knew I was gonna have to help them see it for real. Thank you, bro. This man is lowered on a mat in front of Jesus. get it. I really will. He's lowered in front of Jesus. And now he's here. But his faith didn't get him here. But he will stay here until his faith decides that here is not enough. No. Some of y'all been in jobs that God's grace got you in, but you're going to stay there until you decide here is not enough. Some of y'all family has been broken and jacked up and God's grace got you here, but you're going to be here until you decide that here is not enough. about the abundant Christian life. He talks about subduing, ruling, and dominating. He talks about, about us being blessed to be a blessing. He talks of us being the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. But why then does the Christian church still look paralyzed on a mat? Because your pastor's faith can get you into the presence of God. But it can't take you from paralyzed to walking. And there are areas in so many of your lives that you're sitting in front of Jesus. That's why you come here. That's, that's why we work on this worship set. And that's why, we, 
that's why we pray every Monday for every person in every chair and that's why we pray that online that in your hotel room or in your living room or while you're watching on podcast or what that, that the Holy Spirit would invade you right there because we're just trying to create an atmosphere where you get in the presence of God but once you get in the presence of God it's up to you what do you mean it's up to me Pastor Mike I thought I thought we're not supposed to be working out of works. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about God's about to do the heavy lifting. Will you allow him to do it? When he wants to change your situation, some of you are so used to your mat. No, 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 not me, man. Not my attitude. Not my friends. That's my bestie. They've helped you be paralyzed long enough. Oh, I'm preaching to somebody. They've helped you be incapacitated long enough. They've helped feed your insecurity long enough. So, so look, this man gets lowered in front of Jesus. <laughs> but, but, but he had to do something. I was going to call this Lazy Faith Part 2, but then as God started revealing this revelation, I had to upgrade the title. And it's not going to be Lazy Faith, it's going to be Trading Faith. See, what's going to have to happen is every person like this man is going to have to take their faith out of what got them to this point and put their faith into the thing that can take them to the next point. See, as this man is laying here in front of Jesus right now, he has a beautiful view of the people who got him here. What do I do now? Y'all been praying for me. Y'all been giving for me. You guys have been serving for me. See, I'm in, I'm in your business again. Because most of us would rather blame other people for where we are and where we're not. Instead of thanking them for getting us here, but knowing that we will never get there until we decide. It's going to take you trading where you put your faith. No, let me, ah, okay, let me help you. Let me help you. Write this point down. Trading faith is exchanging the faith that got you here for the faith that will take you there. I'm going to say it again. Trading faith is exchanging the faith that got you here, wherever here is. You may have a successful business. You may be walking in the most freedom that you ever have. You may be right now in peace with your husband or your wife and your kids may be in college and you're doing the best that you've ever done. You just may have gotten accepted to the high school or the college you wanted. Great, you're here. But exchanging the faith that got you here for the faith that's going to take you there. Where is there? Your prophetic promise. Where is there? You walking in purpose, not just doing a job. 
Where is there walking into a room and knowing that you're there on purpose and that you're there to change situations and not just be, be there to, to absorb whatever's happening? There are people that God is speaking to in this room and watching online that's saying, hey, your friend's faith was enough to get you in the presence of Jesus. But now, will you trade what got you there for what'll get you to where I've called you to be? It's almost like this, like this is here. And what we have to do, which is a very scary thing for people, is take our trust out of what's gotten us here and now put it, trade it for the presence of what God wants to do in our life. And that's frustrating because this means that there is now a relationship priority change. So the relationships that I run to when I'm angry can no longer be the friends who got me here. When I trade faith, when I'm struggling, when I'm tempted with pornography, when I'm, when I'm sitting here about to walk back into greed, and, and when I'm sitting here about to be overtaken by lust, or when my anger's about to go crazy, I don't run to a bottle. That's what I used to trust. That's what got me here. I don't run to money and being a workaholic. That's what I used to trust. That's where I used to put my faith. I don't even run to my husband or wife because they are not the source. They are just a resource. I am trading where I used to go and I'm putting it in the one who can actually heal me. If you know that you need to trade your faith in this building, will you give God a shout of praise? Y'all saw how that came out, right? That's how many of us do. We try to put our faith fully in God. It stayed in there that time. But sometimes you're going to have to pick up the things that you made an attempt at. We learned last week, lazy faith thinks an attempt is adequate. But some of y'all going to have to go back again and again and say, I'm trading the place where I used to go and trust. And I'm bringing it to a place that will not be medication, but it will be a, everybody say miracle. This man didn't need medication. When he was sitting on this mat, he could have been high. He could have had alcohol. He could have been, he could have had all kinds of stuff, but he wouldn't have changed his situation. And many of us have become so used to medication that we don't even believe for a miracle. I don't think there's nothing wrong with medicine. Like, I'm, I'm not even just talking about healing from a physical. I'm talking about some of y'all are emotionally scarred. And all you do is go on vacation. That's your medicine. It's not hurting nobody. And so you just go on vacation every three weeks. And you, you're overdrafting every account. And you're posting Instagram pictures like living my last life. And, um, and what happens is you'll be doing this for the rest of your life. Because you actually need a miracle. But you've settled for medication. <laughs> but when you trade your faith, what do you mean, Pastor Mike? This man has a decision. That either I'm going to stay in lazy faith, even though I've seen God move. Even though he just forgave my sins. Do y'all know 
that the whole reason that, that God is going to heal him physically is to prove that he healed him in his spirit. See, I need you to understand something very strong right here. God's never trying to do something outside that he has not already done inside. He doesn't want to bless you with a bunch of money if you didn't learn stewardship. Because one is outside, the other one is inside. He doesn't want you to be speaking to the nations and you don't know how to love on your wife. Because ah, one of them is what everybody sees outside. But he wants to do the work. Let me prove it to y'all. Because some of y'all still looking at me. And, and, and that's why you got to see in verse 21, look what it says. It says, right in the moment that Jesus heals this man on the inside. Now, I want you to think about that. Did anything physically change on this man when Jesus said, your sins are forgiven? And that's many times how God does miracles. Is he does the miracle, speaks it over your life, and then he requires you to have faith to believe that it actually happened. And that's why many of us get delayed because God said, your marriage will live and not die. And you're like, I'm about to slap him right now. <laughs> I need to see something has changed. He said, you have to believe that you've received what I've spoken over you. You have to believe that, 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 that see, faith is the substance of things. It's the evidence of things that have not yet come to be. This man just gets healed in his heart. But nothing changed for everybody to see. And here comes the haters. Verse 21, but the Pharisees and the teachers of religious law said to themselves, oh my God, who does he think he is? That's blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins, dude. Jesus knew, watch this. Jesus knew what they were thinking. This is so gangster to me. That these fools didn't even say nothing. But he looked at them and he was like, I know what you're thinking. And look what he says. Why do you question this in your hearts? We know what the scripture says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. They didn't even have, they could have acted, they could have clapped, but there was something different in their heart. That's why I challenge you, don't come in here and clap about the miracles and you don't give towards it. <laughs> Can I pastor for a second? Some of y'all like, oh, $40,000 in the Bahamas. Great. And you didn't give $1 to it. Because you would clap and outwardly do something. But God says, I know what you're thinking. How much of that did Pastor Mike take to buy that pink suit? None of it. Charles, I'm going to need security when I get out of here. See, he said, it wasn't about that. He said, I know what you're thinking in your and so many of us are negating what God wants to do the miracles that are right in front of us because we're thinking something differently than we're displaying and he says I know what y'all thinking why would y'all even think that in your hearts he said okay alright let, let me reason with y'all is it easier for me to say your sins are forgiven given, or to tell this paralyzed man what's your name again Jerome uh, Romy Stand up and walk. He said, all right. So I'm going to prove it to you. I'm going to prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. This was Jesus' why. He was not healing this man 
just so he could say, you're healed. He was healing him to prove that he had the authority to be able to forgive what's harder to forgive, what's on the inside. 